Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Rob Dana, Senior VP of Sales and Marketing at ITA Group. Rob, how are you? It's good to have you on the show. Doing great, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell us about ITA Group. ITA Group is an engagement agency. Uh, and what that means is our mission in life is to help people achieve a higher level of performance and ultimately link that to their business success. So when we talk audience engagement, our goal is to understand what the audience needs are, what the company's needs are. And then we look in our vast toolbox of solutions. ITA Group has over 700 employees and a vast toolbox of engagement solutions. Sometimes it may manifest as a live event or as an incentive program or as an employee recognition program, but we have a variety of tools and ways to achieve those goals of engaging, really getting into people's hearts and minds and ultimately getting them to provide more discretionary effort to the mission we've outlined. Okay, great. And, you know, that's our topic today is employee engagement. And, you know, it strikes me that a lot of companies that might be really good at engaging, engaging an external audience often kind of suck when it comes to engaging their own employees. I mean, I've, I've seen that up close and firsthand at places that I've worked. So why do you think that is? It's amazing how much money, time and effort large organizations invest into the marketing of their products <laughs> and getting the word out about a new product. And that you and yet you compare that to how much we invest into our people. And it's vastly different. And our message is to help people departments, if you want to call them human resources or people and culture departments, our goal is to help be their marketing agency to market their organization, their culture, their mission, maybe their individual purpose to all of their employees, to lodge it into the hearts and minds of their employees. Because if we do that right, an employee's loyalty, their advocacy, their productivity will all increase. But we have to find a way to get into their heart and it has to be authentic. Mm -hmm. It has to be genuine and it has to be something that is of interest to them and they feel included in, in order for that person, that individual to give you any extra discretionary effort. So I, I say this all the time, you know, we at ITA group try to be their marketing agency for their HR departments. Mm -hmm. Which is, it's, it's, it's sad or shocking that it's not more common. And I think over the past two years, we've seen it become more common. Finally, HR departments are realizing they need to do some marketing. They, first of all, they need to have a solid culture <laughs> that resonates with people. They need to have a solid employer value proposition in order to attract but then order in order to retain and develop their top talent. If you don't have a good culture, if you don't have a solid value prop, you're not going to attract the right players. And ultimately that's going to have effects downstream in your organization. So I wish people spent more time, money and effort into the marketing of their organization and then the development of their culture, because ultimately down the road that will produce more results call it profit, EPS, whatever your KPIs are, than marketing just one product extensively. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned that 
since COVID, of course, this has really come to the foreground in a lot of ways, mostly because suddenly offices were shut down and everyone was scattered, right? So I think from an HR perspective, we're like, ooh, okay, we have to come up with new and better ways to somehow keep things cohesive, even though people aren't aren't in the office, which makes me wonder if previously, do you think maybe because most people were in the office that HR and sort of internal communicators could kind of take it for granted a little bit? Like, well, everyone's here. You know, people, we can just go and talk to them or put up some signs or send out emails and at least we're doing something. Do you think that there was kind of a complacency just because everyone tended to be in the same place? Yes, unfortunately, there was that complacency. And now I will say enlightened people leaders knew this 20 years ago. They knew mm-hmm. this 10 years ago as we saw kind of that command and control breakdown and command and control was replaced with autonomy and, and lack of hierarchy, you know, flat organizations became the norm. So those organizations that moved in that direction 20, 10 years ago were in a much better situation to handle the past two years. But those who were riding it out you know, you hear phrases like, well, you're lucky just to have a job or, you know, just just mm. come on in and, you know, you're lucky to have an office. You're lucky to have this. And that's completely changed over the past two years. So those that were saying things like you're lucky to have a job and those that were complacent because I could just look out my office and talk to everybody, they're the ones that are now up against the wall or painted into a corner and they are scrambling for solutions. The good news is it can still be fixed, but it takes a certain level of enlightenment from leadership in order to even get on this path to begin with. So there were those that were complacent. There were those that were out in front and, but everybody, regardless of where you were going into this, you're putting more fuel on this fire now more than ever. We, we had been talking about a war for talent for the past 10 years And I think the past two years accelerated that war. And as we've always said, it's never a work, it's never a worker shortage. It's a talent shortage. You know, Mm. you can find workers, you can find people to fill a job, but can you find talent? And Mm -hmm. ultimately, it's maybe my personal opinion, but I feel like it's proven out over time is that one A player is equal to four C players in an organization. So you can either go a quantity route or a quality route. And I think those that are attracting that A top talent, placing them in the organization, retaining them and developing them will get much more out of their programs than the alternative. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, what do you think is the, when you guys work with your clients, where do you begin? Like what is, if you had to pick, the core element of good internal communications and employee engagement, what would that be? If you had to narrow it down to just one thing, I know it's more complicated than that, but if you had to pick just one thing, what would it be? First step and most critical step in any engagement solution, research. You have to do your homework. So, you know, you you can't throw a dart at a board you can't see. So, we start every project with some sort of research. Now, research can be a couple different perspectives, and the more perspectives you get, the better. So it might be things like traditional engagement surveys that go out once a year, combined mm-hmm. with pulse surveys that are happening on a regular basis, combined with feedback we're getting anecdotally through our contact center or through our HR departments, combined with, you know, 
other things we hear, you know, at our employee events. We need to to put together all of those independent perspectives to come out with a solution that will work. So first and foremost, the most critical step, research. Know your people, know your strengths, know your weaknesses mm-hmm. of your culture, of your employer value prop. And then once you know that, then look in the toolbox. You, you kind of gave away a bit of the answer too in your question because I had I struggled between research and communication. Communication mm-hmm. is the lifeblood of a culture. I mean, it has to come in through a variety of mechanisms and methods, but if you don't have communication, you don't have a culture. So do your homework. The answers will jump off the page if you do your homework well enough, and then it's look in the toolbox for solid communications and then further into tools it can reinforce. Yeah. You you know, I bet, and tell me if if I'm wrong or right here, I bet a lot of companies make the mistake of first looking at the toolbox and then maybe kind of belatedly like, oh, shoot, we we should do some research to figure out how to best use this. You know what I mean? Because I would think it's just easier to look and be like, oh, there's a cool new engagement platform. We heard that a bunch of other companies are doing it. Let's get that. That'll solve our problem. And then you you get it and you're like, well, what do we do with it? <laughs> and, you know, like, what do we put in it and all that stuff? Because you haven't done the research. Am I right? Do you see that sometimes? 99% of the time. Okay. Let's Let's start with the tool. <laughs> Yeah. And then go looking for a nail. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like crazy. It's, it's exactly the opposite of way, but shame on us as marketers. And, you know, in general, marketers have made this easy button a reality where there's an app for that, or there's just install this software and everything will change. That's not our belief. And I totally agree, Jeremy, that unfortunately a lot of people take that easy path. Yeah. You know, I've had experiences like that when the, the company, like the higher ups will roll something out and get get all excited like we've signed on with such and such new cool tool like internal communication tool you all need to do this three-hour training on it okay and then nothing happens like we never use it i just remember tools like i never once used it seemed like such a waste of time but anyway so you mentioned communication and which of course obviously is important and here at tribal knowledge we work with a few companies that produce employee podcasts like internal private podcasts as an engagement tool. So what's your take with with internal podcasting? What's your take uh, on internal podcasting, I should say? Wow. Uh, Love it. Critical component to any communication campaign is a podcast. But I'll also reinforce, it's just as important as every other method of communication. And the answer is you have to have them all. You have to have uh, written, digital, print, digital signage around the organization. You have to have constant podcasting so that we can hear the voice of the person so that you can really get it from any perspective. Now, what I'm hitting on is the ability to meet people where they are today. And that's something that we believe in in the employee experience first and foremost. You know, you can't just put a news feed out there and say, everybody just scroll through this and you're going to be engaged. A lot of people don't engage that way. You know, they don't live their life scrolling through a scroll, a scroll on a new, on a mobile phone. So they may engage more around a 
uh, coffee meeting with senior executives, and you can host this mini event in different locations around around the world. You know, they may engage with that more. Others may engage more with HTML emails that they get on a regular cadence. Others may may engage more with a manager that tends to have great staff meetings and share all the information. I personally may engage with a podcast more. I'm busy running around through airports. I can very quickly listen to our CEO share. And, and what's important about podcasting is I can hear the inflection in their voice. Yeah. It's not me reading it, interpreting what the speaker meant. It's hearing it directly from the speaker that makes all the difference in the world when it comes to podcasting. So yeah. I think all of these tools in your toolbox are the way to get the word out, but you have to get the word out through 10 different avenues to meet all of your diverse employees where they are and how they want to engage. Yeah, I, I like that. And and I think, you know, what you're getting through those 10 different avenues, if I think if you're doing it right, is not just different channels because some people like to read, some people like to watch and so on, but also different tones, different voices coming through, right? So like in an email, obviously that's print and there are sort of pros and cons to what you can do there in certain ways you can, can, can communicate in print as opposed to say on a podcast, which naturally lends itself to something less formal, more conversational, more like you were saying, you can hear your CEOs in, in his or her own voice actually, you know, telling you something. And what's crucial to that in my experience is it can't just be a prepared statement, though. It has to be genuine. It has to be the CEO actually talking like a human being a little bit, you know, spontaneously and not just reading something that his team has prepared for him. You know what I mean? Or, or otherwise it falls flat authenticity, geneity, being genuine is at yeah. the heart of everything in the employee experience. This is one thing you cannot fake. And if you try to, if in other words, if your actions don't line up with your words, people will call you out on it. So authenticity, being yourself, conversing in normal language is critical for the employees to feel included, to feel like they are part of something where their skill sets are applicable. So getting to the yeah. human level, I think, is the key to sharing communications and making sure others feel heard and listened to. Yeah. So what's something that you've learned over the past couple of years about audience engagement that's surprised you? Ooh. So no surprise probably is that leadership is critical in this. Whether you, you know, a lot of what a lot of what we do in the employee experience space is human nature. You know, we grew up, you know, being told or being shown or demonstrate what to do. When we do it, we're rewarded, and then we repeat that behavior. And a lot of that, as we've grown up into the work world, is very similar. Use a communication strategy to help them tell them what to do, lay the breadcrumb trails, re you know, watch them do that right behavior, reward them and recognize them for that, and repeat. And that's the equation. So what's critical is just like in a family environment, the children may look at the parents and say, how's mom reacting? Does mom buy into this? You know, it's the same at work. Yeah. If your leaders, you know, mock the program or talk at the water cooler negatively, that will have ripple effects all the way down. I've, as I've grown, as I've matured in my career, I realize the importance of leadership. 
and mm-hmm. that setting an example for others. Whereas in the old days, I thought a casual comment didn't hurt. I know today it it hurts. Mm-hmm. So it's important for leaders to remain positive, uh, remain that leader by example. And again, it doesn't surprise me, but it, re- it surprises me the importance of it. And I think how how important it is for everybody else to do to watch and see a great leader do it, I guess, because then they will repeat that model. I think, you know, the other thing that's surprising to me is really that I've seen, I've seen inauthentic or non-authentic mm-hmm. leaders try to do employee experience. And I use the equation sometimes of like, you know, you see relatives at a, a holiday gathering and it's, it's somebody who, you know, just doesn't just comes in during the holidays, you know, Uncle Larry or something. It's like, hey, Uncle Larry. And Uncle Larry tries to be your best friend and catch up with you real quick over two years, you know, 30 seconds to cover two years and 30 seconds. And he hands you a gift card and he says, hey, you know, Rob, go ahead and get yourself something great because I don't know you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you would like. And that's kind of the feeling at work where today I think what surprises me more is that one-on-one relationships matter so much more. Group relationships matter so much much more. People have to feel included. And and that was the feeling I got with my Uncle Larry is, hey, Larry, I don't feel like I'm included in your group, in your cohort. You're trying, but you're not getting me there. Because Larry never gave me anything to go on. I don't know Larry's mission. I don't know Larry's purpose in life. But boy, if we got some time to spend together and I really understood more of your mission and more of your purpose, I could be all in. But I have to understand yeah. mission and purpose first uh, before I will jump all in with somebody. And, and, a, and a gift card isn't going to do it for me. Like just giving me things for random reasons does not engage me. I need to know what you're all about. I need to know that you're doing something for the greater good. And when I've got that, you've got all of me and you've got all of my heart, all of my mind, and ultimately all of my discretionary effort. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, come on, Uncle Larry, you can do better. Right. <laughs> I, I don't I don't need the gift card. I mean, I, I hear you. I think you're you're I think you're really that's really true. And there's so much more we can say about that, about the role of leadership. But we got to we got to wrap things up. So, Rob, thank you so much for a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Jeremy, thank you for this opportunity. Always a great pleasure to speak with you. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.